What is up, y'all? Uh, it's Garrett Marigut, your host of the SaaS Marketing Makeover. And I am very excited uh, to be joined by the only uh, Matthew Hammond today. Matthew, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Garrett. Glad to be here. Oh, man, we're excited to have you. Now, as we were talking about offline, we don't know who the company is today, as always. Anyone you're hoping it is? Is there anyone off the top of your head that you're like, ooh, I wonder if we get this one? I think we could probably give Oracle a hand with some of their messaging. It's, it's getting a bit old. Maybe maybe even Salesforce, you know, but uh, I suspect it won't be that easy. <laughs> we'll see. I, I try to have us – we used to maybe sometimes get like people on the wheel that had more bad things than good things. I've been trying to tell the production crew to hint towards companies that are better than worse. So I'm hoping we get some good ones today and you and I even get to learn a thing or two. But I actually have no clue. I purposely don't look so it's always raw and authentic. But awesome. with that in mind, let's pull up the wheel. Oh, okay. Stripe. Heck yeah. Rubric, Zapier. The only one I don't know off the top of my head is Rubric. Zapier. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> now – for those who don't know, or maybe I don't know how many people don't know Zapier at this point, but if you haven't heard of Zapier, essentially, I'm going to give you my term, way of explaining it, and then we'll see what they how they explain it. But Zapier helps you take all your different products, sometimes that don't have native integrations to other products, pre-built, and allows you to connect them. Can you do some way of explaining it, Matthew? Yeah, I think so. I agree with that entirely. Have you do you use Zapier? Are you a customer? Have you used them before? What's been your experience? Longtime user of Zapier, longtime advocate. Uh, I think a couple of years ago, I even randomly shared their site on LinkedIn, saying what a fan I was. So glad to be uh, glad to be reviewing Zapier. I'm I love it. Central so, tools of the marketers. <laughs> no, no, hundred percent. Now, so I have a couple ideas for them already off the bat, but I love your feedback. When I was prepping for this and checking out Label Box, you all. When you hit um, start now or like kind of the free trial sign up, you go to these sign up buttons with social, yet, which I think are great. Yet, very few SaaS companies these days are doing that. A lot of it's due to security, I believe. What's your take on these buttons for people to get started? And how does this data sync offline? Like, what's that experience as a SaaS company using kind of those pre built signups? You know, it's an interesting uh, discussion point. I, I mean, I think from a convenience standpoint, they're great. But having been on the other side of using single sign-on, um, yep. I actually find it a bit of a, a bit of a pain. Uh, and I tell you why, because when people sign up with single sign-on, you don't actually get a lot of the uh, firmographic data that you might want, like um, the enforcement of a, a commercial email address or the company name or things like that. You really only get first name, last name, and in a lot of cases, a personal Gmail account. So I, I think mm -hmm. it's great from a user perspective, but it is it does bring challenges with um, with data management, I'll say. So let's say you're using the Zoom Info Reveal or Clearbit or any of those data enrichment products, Seamless, and they sign up with Google or Facebook. You're not able to enrich that in your database like you would if they gave you the work email in that below field right here. Is that accurate? Exactly. I mean, sometimes Clearbit will pick up personal emails, but its success rate is very low. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a problem, something that I personally encounter regularly. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, have, have you ran a test? Like, cause I know you're running them. Have you ran a test to see what happens to conversion rate with or without these? And like, if it's worth the fact that you have gaps in enrichment? 
Uh, we haven't run a test on this, no, but I'd be interested to do so. Um, although yeah. I, I do wonder, um, you know, whether it would be so significant or not. Um, but yeah, something to something to try out. Yeah, I was just curious. I I haven't played with that. Now let's look at the rest of this page. We got social proof above the fold, kind of old faithful CRO. And <laughs> now they do integrate, automate, innovate. Have you? I want to show you something. So, have you seen this? Um, they have an advertising page on Clearbit that's using their own product to enrich it with mm -hmm. my logo. See this? Yes, love that. I wonder, wouldn't it be cool if Zapier did that? Because they would know my tech stack from my cookie, and because I don't use Typeform, so they're taking a, a something I don't use. Versus if they enrich this with what I didn't use, wouldn't that be kind of cool? I think that would be amazing. Yeah, that's a great idea. And, you know, it wouldn't be that. You could kind of have like a default version that Perfect. is, you know, Salesforce plus everything else. Or if you use one of 10 tools, you could build predefined, um, you know, stack integrations that most users have. Salesforce to, I don't know, Typeform or, yeah. I don't know, Airtable, no, whatever you Yeah. Like if this was Salesforce and Marketo or something, right? Like we it, it, instead of Typeform and I think this is Airtable. Is that what this is, right? I think it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So like if you had Salesforce to Slack, right? If this was Salesforce and this was Slack, I think you'd get everybody, you know? So I'm interested on that. W what do you see here on this homepage? I mean, I think that's a, actually a really good place to start. I mean, you think about why do you go to Zapier? You go to Zapier because the native integrations um, fall short of what you need them to do. Um, now, I mean, whether that's their expected angle, whether that's what they want to be known for, that's that's how I perceive them today, and that's how we use them. Um, so, from from that perspective, I think, you know, especially something like Marketo, which is obviously a, a great tool, but but its integrations are clunky and kind of old. Um, so, you, you do need to turn to something like Zapier for a lot of integrations. There, having you know, as a company like Labelbox, it uses Marketo. Having Marketo as the default sort of center of um, the integration piece, I think would make a lot of sense. Um, so for sure. But, um, you know, in terms of the other aspects here, uh, connects the apps that you use every day, I think perhaps one of the things that they don't sort of get to here is perhaps the, the core of the problem. And what is the core of the problem? Well, a lot of these apps don't integrate natively. Um, and that creates silos in your tech stack. That's great. That's, yeah. At least that's what I would take away. No, I, I like that. I, I'm very much about proving what you say, right? So they say something here that says Zapier handles your busy work. Now, the, right. the idea of something handling your busy work is that it gives you time back, correct? So yeah. I want you to tell me how much time you – like Zapier gives you know users on average 30 hours back a year or 30 – you know what I'm – like give me something here that's not so generic. Let's see what they do when we click. So we got automation that works for you. Mm -hmm. Cool. And they once again are showing me the product. They're using product language too. Like I've used it. It's called trigger actions, actions. I don't know. To me, if I get to this point on here and I'm not a super technical user, correct me if I'm wrong, Matthew, but do you feel overwhelmed by this page? Like does, does this page make you feel like you can fix it or that it's going to be too much? Like what's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, 
it, I guess it depends on the audience. You know, for someone like me, I, I can understand this workflow. I think it, it does, to some extent, resonate. I think language like no code and create a zap in minutes is, is powerful. But I think, you know, again, what is the kind of value, you know, the proof and the reason why I would need to do this is kind of lacking to some extent. Like, oh, here it is. Um, okay, well, they, they give a two days per month. I mean, perhaps they could use a calculator or something to tell you, you know, how many integrations would you would you like use that. or can you, you know, that kind of quantifies it for you off the bat. I think that would be um, perhaps a good way to do it, yeah. No, I totally, I totally agree and align with what you're saying. I think like this stuff, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's interesting to me what I find, like, see, notice how I could click here and now the product is alive. Mm-hmm. that's what I think is so cool. Like, look at this. Like it's all in a subfolder built out really, really clean yet. Instead of letting me experience the product, what I call like the magic moment, which is right here, making this not scroll full width. So it's super clean. You know what I'm saying? Instead of this JavaScript setup they have here and putting that up here, I think that immediately lets someone see the value. Like, why do you have to try to design the value instead of letting someone experience the value? Like what's your take on designing the product value versus like letting someone experience the product value? What, what, why do you think people do both? What have you seen work better? Well, I think it depends on the user, right? If you're marketing to more of a technical audience, they're probably more inclined to want to get their hands on it and, and sort of see and get exposure to the product. I think if it's more of a managerial or a higher level audience, they're going to want to understand the value of the product off the bat. Why are they buying this? Why should they care about buying this? Um, you know, is it safe? Is it integrated? Who's it used by? Things like that. Um, in the case of these apps, I mean, you know, I, I think it's great that they obviously provide those that in a page which appears to sort of go into their app or a front page of their app section of their site or something. Yeah. I do think they could do a better job of like, you know, visually showing you how these flow together. Like, you know, if you select, and I know they do this inside their actual application of memory, but, you know, if you select yeah. something like Trello, here are the top three um, ways that our customers use Trello to integrate or the, the top three most time-saving um, you know, workflows that you could build today if you got started with Zapier that would save you X hours per week or month. So I think that's, you know, just improving that visual communication could be could be a step there. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I actually love though, like, so like there's such a, they do such a good job with product-led growth in my mind. I don't know... Like, this is awesome. Like, this is the dream we as SaaS companies all have, that a user who hasn't given us their info, hasn't signed up yet, could get this much interaction with our product. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. but then the irony to me, this to me is their magic moment. In their funnel, if I was marketing, I would just be trying to get users, you know, traditionally individual contributors. I still see that's Like, I don't see Zapier as this corporate product so much as, like, if I was in a large enterprise – I would have an individual contributor of an individual business unit having a Zapier account. It's kind of how I see right. it. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. I want to get someone to hear, yet if you look at how they position the company, where do I see integrations? You get what I'm saying? Like it doesn't just say like integrations. I know that sounds like silly, but that's the magic. Like there's this button area for me that's like, see how we connect in the, the apps you care about and you click right here and it, I don't know, this to me seems like such a special experience. Well, what's your take on that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of awkward the way it clicks through from the sort of more of a back-end website to the front-end website. Um, you know, they clearly have extended some of the, the insights into each of the apps when you click into it. And I think from memory, if you like Google, um, you know, how to integrate Google Sheets with yep. X or Y, then they actually rank for a lot of these integration questions, which I think is is super clever in the way that they've gone out and targeted that. Um, but again, I, I mean, I don't think they really hit home those those points on the front end of the website. I feel like in, in one sense, they're trying to sort of position it as, as perhaps more of a traditional corporate SaaS tool on the front end, but on, on the back end, they're catering towards a very tactical user group who probably like would that. prefer to see all that information up front. So, and, you know, again, back to our earlier point, you can customize this clear, but you can tailor the messaging. So something that's yep. an opportunity. Well, I think it's interesting, Matthew, is what you said, right? And I think you're spot on. You have Zapier of what it is, and then you have what Zapier wants to be, and they seem to be in complete conflict with each other to a certain extent. Right. So they have trusted at companies, large and small, teams and companies. They're really trying to become this corporate, like, multi-user. There's a directive Zapier account, right? There's a Cisco Zapier account. But if you've ever used Zapier, it's like fragmented across thousands of apps and it feels very much like an individual contributor tool. So mm -hmm. what you're saying, I think makes sense though, right? So you have this idea around, right? Like why Zapier product tour, customer store security. These are all like enterprise type positioning language. You know what I'm saying? Like there's right. no yep. individual contributor who's like, oh, is my MacBook not secure? You know what I mean? Like it's like, this only matters if you're doing a SOW for a corporate account, like, you individual right. users, they so what they're doing, I and I guess it makes sense, right? Individual users like you and I are stuck on something like Marketo to Airtable, and we're stuck, right? So we search Marketo to Airtable, and they've done such a good job that I could already know, and you already know what I'm saying, they rank number one and two, right? Boom. Right. So they essentially are saying. We're going to take our homepage, turn it into a corporate like window to our company, and we're going to try to reposition ourselves to the broader market. And we'll still keep our cake and eat it too by ranking organically really well for all our use cases. Do you think that's accurate? For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think they're trying to have both versus, say, I know one of their competitors, which is more oriented towards the corporate market called uh, Trey IO, I think. Yep. They kind of go with the inverse. And, uh, you know, they don't allow you to get a necessarily demo. get yep. hands in. It's to get a demo. It's, it's, it's clearly centered around, like, you know, we know you use all these apps. These are the automation possibilities. But yep. they, they don't make any kind of claim that they're trying to necessarily serve, you know, individual contributors or tactical users up front. It's really more of a corporate play. Um, so right. I think like, exactly to your point. Trying to have enterprise, <laughs> like you're saying, right? Like enterprise platform for business. Yeah, you're you're literally spot on. So, yeah, I think, and you know, I think this really leaves. Uh, this is an interesting challenge that a lot of SaaS companies fall into. They kind of become stuck in the middle between like trying to serve enterprise customers. They often, you know, if you're building out a sales team, the sales team wants to satisfy and build enterprise customers because they're larger deals. Yet at the same time, your product may natively fit to 
the lower or the mid market. And, and that, you know, may be where you get most growth and is not necessarily a bad thing. So I think this is where companies start to struggle. And you know, obviously from what we've seen here, it looks like Zapier is kind of caught in the middle to some extent between the yeah. low end and the, and the high end of the market, trying to have it both ways. So if someone's dancing around like this, Matthew, in your opinion, what, what do they do? Because, I mean, there's nothing enterprise about 100,000 tasks a month. I mean, even the biggest clients in the world, they don't even have an enterprise plan. So let's like let's take what you're saying, because this is what I'm struggling to understand, right? It, let's say we are going after enterprise, right? You and I, we get tasked by the CMO of Zapier or the board of Zapier, and we're the CMO, and they say, look, We've had individual users for years. Unfortunately, with the scale of our team, our gross margins going to crap, and we need to raise our average order value to get the right LTV CAC ratio so we can build out an enterprise team and grow. And we say, awesome. Why wouldn't you, like what enterprise company in the world would do $599? So they don't even have an enterprise. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like a weird, if we're going to be Zapier, let's be Zapier. Yet it feels like we're trying to be something else. Like, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I, I don't necessarily dislike it. I mean, to be perfectly selfishly honest, I, I like the fact that you can go and just click and buy, um, you know, using a credit card. You don't have to go through that sales process. And maybe that's their angle. I don't know. But, um, you know, I do think at a certain point, like when you start to hit that 600, you know, the, if you think about that, that's what, I guess, six 6K a year. Um, so... Uh, oh, am I doing yeah. math right? I don't know. It's, it's been a long day. <laughs> um, and uh, and essentially, um, when you start to spend that kind of money, you know, you probably, it's, it starts to be something that you can't just put on a credit card every month. You know, you probably need to get an invoice. You probably need to have a written agreement. You know, you start to run into some compliance concerns when you're sharing all this data. So I think, you know, there comes a point where, you know, charging hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month on a credit card kind of becomes a little unrealistic. And and maybe that's where they do need to have a jumping off point to an enterprise conversation. Um, but again, yeah. I'm not sure it works for them. <laughs> well, yeah, no, Zapier has been hyper effective. I guess my whole point is let's say you're Zapier, okay? And we aren't just wanting individuals, like we have some company plans here, right? Now, the, mm -hmm. we need to a professional team, company, and enterprise. Now, the reason I'm saying this, is if I was at Allstate and I wanted an automation tool, I actually do believe Zapier is the best in the market. However, if I was Allstate, I wouldn't feel like I could use Zapier because this doesn't fit my reality in any way, shape, or form. So I guess yeah. my whole thing is, is if you're going to do automation plus enterprise-grade features, make it enterprise and just make it get a demo or let me try for free – but don't give me a price because if I go look at these guys, I'm immediately thinking if I'm all – like what I'm saying is they're literally saying no to enterprise, I think, without even realizing it is my bigger point. Right. Like yeah. if I was a large buyer, I couldn't use Zapier. Like straight up, I couldn't buy Zapier, and I would sure as hell expect to pay more than $600 a month for it. So it wouldn't even feel right. like it was for me. Like they accidentally are literally leaving millions of dollars on the table. And I kind of find that shocking. Yeah. Um, yet their messaging is almost trying to compete with enterprise or almost RPA like platforms on the front end. So <laughs> it is, it is confusing. I agree. That is so interesting. Now content's a big part of this and I, and I find this interesting. 
So they have this experts and integrations. Once again, right, having ser expert services is a enterprise feature, right? Like that kind of goes against the antithesis of what Zapier is. Like, have you ever thought you needed an expert to figure out Zapier? I have not. I've used their, um, they have like a premier support team, I guess, internally that's been helpful for more complex workflows. But I think this is where you start to run into some native limitations of the product. And I don't know that a professional services team at one of these partners is necessarily going to solve that, so to speak. Um, it mm -hmm. does seem like if you're trying to develop a point and click kind of no slash low code platform that providing consultants to, to integrate something as simple as Zapier does seem to go against the whole point of using Zapier in the first place. Just unless they're trying to go corporate, yet six hundred dollars <laughs> right. is the most they can make. So how do you? You know what I'm saying? This is where I'm getting like, my strategy in my brain is like, wait a second, right? This doesn't make logical sense because I like we work with New Relic, Zoom Info, like a lot of large enterprise accounts. I'll tell you right now, they don't pay us on a credit card, and it's not six hundred bucks. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, that's where in my head I'm like, wait a second, this is a little interesting. Let's look at their content. Have you ever, I mean, I think the way they do their apps integrations is the most brilliant content strategy in the world because look at the scale they're at without any real like native. Have you been able to see anyone who's copied this like with content where you create this much scale as they have without any actual content writers to a certain extent? Like, have you seen anybody else who does product led content growth like this? I think, um, to some extent, some companies like Eventbrite that sort of had a lot of pages, um, you know, in the early mm -hmm. days for different types of events in different cities and things like that have done it. I mean, some review sites have done it, like TripAdvisor, presumably e-commerce stores have done it. Um, but I think what's really interesting about the way Zapier does it is that this is usually the kind of query that you would look for when you're right in the middle of a specific problem. Like if you wanted to integrate Marketo with, I don't know, something more esoteric, like a, a, an attribution tool like Tend.io or something, then yep. Zapier is probably going to be one of the only quick solutions to that. So when you find that solution in Google, you're probably very quickly going to go and start using it. Um, and I think that's the difference here. You know, And, and to that extent, I, I don't know of any other companies that probably do that quite as well. Um, but I think it's interesting, though, is you know, a lot of the... Their messaging is really around like giving you more time. I feel like the ease of Zapier is like the fact that you don't have to go and build custom API integrations and yeah. saves you money and, and, and effort, uh, which I guess saves time ultimately. But um, I mean, that, that's the value that I see in it. No, I'm right there with you. I find another thing interesting if we go back to pricing. 100 tasks a month is actually quite a bit for certain things that require APIs. Would you lower this? Do you think this is enough? Like what's your take on what percent of their users in your mind do you think are stuck on free and get all the value they need out of the product and never have to pay for it? I'm, I'm sure there's a, a decent chunk of users that, that sit on the free tier. But one thing I will say with Zapier is they do restrict the types of apps you can use on the free tier. So some apps are premium um, and are not available unless you have a paid plan. I like that. No, no, that's beautiful. No, I see what you're saying. And then, okay, so that's the uh, premium apps is what you're communicating. Then they can then filter. Let's see what's a premium app. Okay, so Facebook app, lead ads. all of e-commerce, all of sales. Yeah. So, yeah, 
Okay. All of finance, uh, most of social, most of customer support, and most of database. Okay. So sounds like they get a good amount there. So that's cool. Um, anything else you'd want to see, Matthew? Um, I think, you know, I, I we haven't sort of seen some of the case studies, but I think, you know, it again, what I find confusing is here, you've got like companies like Adobe in the mix here, um, you know, Outbrain, which is obviously a pretty big ad network. It it just, it's kind of confusing. Who is it for? You know, again, it's a, it's a sort of market orientation. I, I feel like they just haven't sort of nailed down who their ideal customer is from the look of this. It's, it's just kind of all over the place. Um, so yeah. I think cleaning it up and, and building out solutions by, maybe company size or uh, maturity level of tech stack perhaps, or um, even specific use cases or even industries could be a good place to start. And maybe bundling their pricing accordingly to different groupings of apps that, that are likely to be used by those different segments is a better way to go. Well, yeah, no, I, I agree. And I also see, see now notice pricing starts at 599, even though it was 599. Yeah, it's very – that's interesting. I, I do like this language because I don't see this often, especially for major enterprises, teams versus companies. I think it's a really brilliant way of saying like business units versus mm -hmm. entire organizations. Yeah. But then – And I think that's notice, consistent with the land and expand approach. 100%. But this is outdated. You see what I'm saying, man? They haven't even updated the brand on this page. Like this is an afterthought. Yeah. And, and I think this is actually really symptomatic again and, and something that, you know, I face challenges with where you have a different app and a, and a front end marketing website because often they are not managed uh, together. I mean, uh, you know, you've really got to blend the two together in some respects and, and manage the experience on both equally as well. So not surprising. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting because like this is obviously an aftersight. Like if you looked at the, even the last page, right, this is their new brand, new font, mm -hmm. on brand. And then this is this right. print. Yep. And so it's obviously like teams and companies is an afterthought because when they did the rebrand, this page didn't get prioritized. We all know what that is, right? We all go, I've got a rebrand going live on March 1st and not all the pages are fitting perfectly in it, especially the ones right. that are afterthoughts. So it's interesting to find this as an afterthought. You know what I'm saying? Right. Especially the highest value segment. Yeah, That's one of the highest value segments. Mm. Totally crazy. So – we, Matthew, you've been hired. Congratulations. I'm sorry, Label Box. We've lost Matthew Hammond. She is now the CMO of Zapier. Um, you show up. You got a quarter to kind of institute and learn. What are the three things that you want to implement as the new CMO from the outside looking in? Obviously, we're not on the inside. We don't have all the data. And we don't know all the alignment. We don't have their fine. We don't know a lot of things. Okay? Let's be fair here. But we're on the outside looking in. What are the three things you want to do to get started? Yeah, I think the first thing is understand the customers better. Clearly, there's a little bit of confusion around, you know, the types of customers using the product today. I think, obviously, messaging better to those customers to make sure that you're really hitting the value points that, that matter most. So, for example, if, if they do want to go after the enterprise and they're clearly very different points that they're going to want to drive home than the ones that they have on some of those inner pages of the site that we saw. If it is tactical users in the small business space, then, you know, literally showing the available integration so that you can click and get started is is probably more relevant. And then, you know, I, I think uh, thirdly, that probably the, the biggest thing is just 
you know, cleaning up some of the <laughs> some of the, the legacy material and, and just bring things into consistency from a, a branding and, and perceptual standpoint. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I know how it goes. It, you know, it can be hard to manage a big site like that, but um, I think there's a little bit of work to do to, to sort of clean up the, the perception of the Zapier brand and, and, and quality. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that. My thoughts, and I, you know, because I, I think you hit it on the head. I think what I would do if I were CMO and I'd show up, I'd make enterprise pricing, enterprise pricing, so people felt like, like right now, I can guarantee you, there's nobody from a big company who has purchasing decision across multiple business units that feels comfortable buying like that. Number one, like right. that is just not how they operate. Um, right. Number two, you like you said, the messaging could be specific. They they do have a lot of value. They are saving people a lot of time. They are saving people a lot of money. Yet in these core elements above the fold, we're still using this generic language instead of specific language that only we as Zapier could say. Um, right. The last thing that if you're going to do what they're doing and kind of have people, if we want to go from being an individual contributor type company where use cases and like people discover us in the moment, right? And we have this brand already. I say we keep that. We bring that to the menu. But then we need to do what Trade.io is doing and actually be explicit that we're for enterprises. We're a platform, not just a use case app, but we're a platform. And here's how we partner with your company. And we go all in on the on the front and on the back end. We still have all our organic working for smaller users. And then we still try to get like land and expand, right? Like Slack, like Slack. Totally agree. Slack's right? a perfect and, example of how they should do it. Yep. Yeah. Totally so, agree. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, Matthew, this has been great. If anyone wants to follow along with your journey, how can they do so? Find me on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn.com. Oh, it's up on the screen. Um, yeah, I post occasionally on there. Um, feel free to reach out if you if you want to ask any questions. Um, happy to chime in. Um, but uh, yeah. Thank you very much for, for having me on the on the show. It's been fun. Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Matthew. That right there is SaaS Marketing Makeover. And uh, have a great day. Thanks, everybody.